0: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a postcast edition as BYU drops their second straight game at 38 to 24 to Baylor. BYU beaten up badly, and we're digging into that, getting you guys your thoughts. You send it on social media as well as my initial takeaways from the game in this special edition. So let's waste no more time and get into it here. Special postcast edition as the Cougars fall in Waco begins right now. <laughs> What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every single day. And of course, this is a special weekend edition, but nonetheless, make sure you join us every single day as we talk all things Cougars, keeping you guys up to date and up to speed on everything involving BYU sports. BYU suffers a humbling defeat 38-24 to in Waco on the banks of the Brazos River there at McLean Stadium. And I think my overall takeaway from this, folks, is BYU was exposed. And what I mean by that is the BYU defense was exposed in this game. Were there issues with both the special teams and also the offense? Sure, but... When you give up 534 yards and a season-high 38 points, that is entirely too much. Jeff Grimes had a master plan for how to beat BYU, and as I saw somebody say on social media, outside of Pukunakua, he knew everybody inside the BYU football program, and Baylor took a right to the Cougars, and he's not wrong. This was a butt whooping. Uh, to put it frankly, for Baylor. They showed BYU what they're all about. They showed BYU what they're up against when BYU does make that transition to the Big 12. BYU better have been paying attention in this game, folks, because they have a lot of work to do, to say the least. Were there positives for BYU in this game? Sure. Sure. Jaron Hall passes for a career-high 342 yards. A week after he passed for his career-high 302 yards in the loss to Boise State, he goes out and passes for another career-high. He had his moments in this game, and I think that Jaron Hall is taking way too much of the blame for the loss uh, for the Cougars, but that happens. That's the territory you step into when you become QB1 at a university, and in particular a university like BYU, with such a rich quarterbacking legacy. That is something that's always going to be heaped upon you. But the issue, I felt like, was the defense. All year long, and I don't. Uh, I know some people on social media called me an Eliza Tuiaki defender. I haven't so much defended BYU's defensive scheme and everything so much as I've pointed out that we. All need to understand that scoring defense in particular is the most important stat. You cannot give up the points. That Anything over about 31 points, anything over 30 points, is a bad day at the office if you want to have chances to win games more often than you're going to lose, if I'm being frank. BYU all year long until this game at Baylor had not allowed an opponent to score over 30 points, and as such, they had been in every game they played this year, racking up a 5-1 and record. Today was the first day that the dam broke, so to speak. BYU's defense could not slow down Baylor in any way, shape, or form. And the most miserable stat on the defensive side of the football, to me, if I'm speaking frankly, is the fact that BYU gave up 303 rushing yards. Abram Smith led the way with 188 yards, averaging 7 yards per carry, tallied 3 touchdowns on the ground. Tristan Ebner added 11 carries. From ninety five yards. Oh his average eight point six yards per carry and as a team forty seven carries three hundred and three yards an average of six point four yards per carry for the Bears and four touchdowns on the ground. Jeff Grimes did what he loves to do and that is run it down your throat until you cannot stand it anymore and BYU never ever got a handle on this Baylor defense. I will not even begin to try to defend BYU's defensive scheme in this game. The fact that BYU went with what I saw was only a six-man box against the rush game that Baylor was putting on the field, even when they knew Baylor was going to run it at them. BYU insisted, you know what, we're good. We're okay with having Chaz Zahou at middle linebacker. We'll be able to stop the run. No, you ain't. You needed seven, eight men in the box. You needed to force Gary Bohannon to be able to throw the football to beat you. And BYU just dared them all game long to run it down their throat. And Jeff Grimes said, thank you. I'm going to do just that. I'm going to shove it down your throat and it's going to be ball game. That's what happened in this game, folks, on defense for the Cougars. Did the BYU's offense try and play play catch up? Absolutely they did jaron hall as i mentioned 22 of 31 342 yards he also had tallied that 56 yard touchdown run he played well folks don't bring me any of this jaron hall needs to be benched garbage i am not here and i will not suffer any fool who comes after me about that the issue on offense for byu is the rushing game disappeared as a team BYU just 24 carries for a grand total of 67 yards. They averaged 2.8 yards per carry. That is absolutely insane. This is a team who had been running for 200 yards seemingly at will early on this season. And it can probably be chalked up, I think, in this game to the fact that BYU's offensive line never looked in sync. They had two regular starters out along the right side of their offensive line. Joe Tukuafu, their main right guard, as well as as Harris LeChance missing his third straight game. BYU started two freshmen along that right side of that offensive line and Baylor knew about it or at least had a game plan for it and they exploited it. Five sacks for Jaron Hall. He was blitzed on multiple occasions, did not necessarily have the most comfortable pocket at times and BYU's run game was nearly non-existent. This was a masterclass in both running the football and also defending the run if you're Baylor. I am giving full credit to Baylor. They went out and absolutely laid the hammer to BYU. You guys that have listened to this podcast for a long time know I am very fond of the analogy of the hammer and the nail. In this game, Baylor was the hammer all day long. BYU was the nail. Did BYU have its moments in this game where there were bright spots? Absolutely. I thought Jaron Hall was a bright spot. I thought Puka Nakua was the offensive player of the game for BYU. Routinely beating defenders down the field, adjusting the balls in flight and bringing them in. Five receptions, 168 yards and one touchdown. He had uh, catches of 45, 47 and 52 yards. Gunnar Romney also had a 48 yard bomb. So BYU was attacking downfield. The issue was the run game never came along in this game and you got to just tip your cap to Baylor there are games I know I said this on Twitter as well you can follow me at Jacob C Hatch on Twitter you just got to tip your cap and say you know what you done beat us I think the Baylor loss for BYU can be chalked up to the fact that BYU turned the ball over four times gave Baylor short fields and Baylor took uh, not Baylor Boise State took advantage this game against Baylor Baylor went out and kicked BYU's rear up and down the field for 48 minutes. It's not 48 minutes, 60 minutes. 48 minutes is NBA basketball. They beat BYU up and down the field for 60 minutes and sent the Cougars on their merry way. BYU has a lot of work to do, folks. And Washington State and Virginia loom on the horizon in the next two weeks. BYU's bye week that they very much could use, have probably used a week or two ago, really? That's not coming for another three weeks. This is a danger zone for BYU. Things could really slip if BYU allows them to slip. I worried about BYU having a hangover effect against uh, against from the Boise State loss going into this game against Baylor. I don't necessarily think it was just a hangover. I just think Baylor's a pretty dang good football program, and they showed BYU what they're going to be up against when they joined the Big 12. So I don't have a lot of like anecdotes for you guys to really dig into this game other than to say, Taylor handed it to BYU, and sometimes you just got to say, you know what, you win this round, we'll try to do better. Washington State's going to be an interesting game next Saturday. Who knows if Nick Rolovich is even going to be the coach up there at the Palouse because there happens to be a state mandate to get uh, vaccinated as a state employee, and he has steadfastly refused to do so. Has reportedly asked for a religious exemption to getting vaccinated against COVID-19, but nobody knows what's going to happen. Oh, and by the way, Washington State has won three straight games coming into this one. They just beat Stanford today. Uh, So... Suddenly, 5-0 going to 5-2 could turn into what? 5-3? 5-4? Who knows what might happen, but it is my sincere hope that BYU can get things turned around starting at Washington State next week because the Cougars, speaking of Washington State, they're eminently beatable. There's no doubt about that. BYU can beat this team, but can they get out of their own way? Can they figure out their issues? Only time will tell. All right. I'm done with my take. You guys get your takes heard on air momentarily. We'll get you guys uh, up to speed on what you and your fellow fans think of this game. And there's some fun comments in here that I'm looking at on Twitter, so we'll get to those in just a moment. This postcast edition of Locked On Cougars is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all things college, and pro football. But beyond that, they've got everything else covered for you guys sports wise. If you're an NBA fan with the NBA season starting next week in earnest, actually not in earnest, it actually just gets started overall. Major League Baseball playoffs. If you like cricket, I don't know what you're interested in. They've got it all for you guys. Golf, boxing, they even got your online favorite Vegas casino games. It's all available to you guys at betonline.ag. So take advantage of all of the different things they have going on there. They've got a brand new updated website and the best part is a brand new Interface with all the new odds, props, and uh, contests that you guys can take care, take advantage of there. While you're there, make your first deposit and use the promo code Locked On and get a fifty percent welcome bonus. Yes. 50% of our, whatever you deposit the first time added in is free money, courtesy of our friends at BetOnline. It's an absolutely incredible offer from our friends at BetOnline. So take advantage of it now and get over there and check out what they've got going on. That's betonline.ag, promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of our friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, as always. And it is now your guys' time to shine here on Postcast. Is your thoughts on the loss for BYU 38 to 24, the final in Waco? And I think the first response to the question we threw out on Twitter about your takeaways from the game is kind of sums up, I think, most of what everybody wants to say about this. And it's our good friend Amber Roberts. And Amber, I love you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. This is an absolutely brilliant take. because It's great. It's the very first one to come in. Let's just not talk about it with the exasperated looking emoji, the kind of the frowny face. Well, I think there are many BYU fans who would agree with you, Amber, but the only way to move past it is to talk about it. So other takeaways. Mark Popes hair at the refs underscore, and oh, by the way, Amber is at Amber N underscore. Mark Popes hair at the refs underscore says BYU has a, bad de- has a bad defense. They had a bad defense today, no doubt about that. I completely agree there. Pam at Hayseed 68, our defense isn't the same from first half of the season. Well, I think there are two significant injuries on that defense that have pointed clearly that they are not the same. And there's one injury chief among them that I will stick to and believe that it has affected more of what BYU does defensively than any other, and that is the loss of Keenan Peely. He was the backbone of this defense. He did so many things for BYU. I'm not saying that Peyton Wilgar is bad. I'm not saying that Ben Bywater is bad. I'm not saying that Chaz Ayu is bad. None of them are bad football players, but none of them are our Keenan Peely. He was so good. Leading BYU in tackles, going into that fourth game. or was the third game when he got injured. He had been lighting it up and him tearing his ACL seemingly has just torn the guts out of the spine of BYU's defense right now and they have not found an answer for it. They've got to find an answer. There's no doubt about that. Our good friend Ron DC, I know he's a Ute fan, but he says the hills are alive with the sound of schadenfreude. It was a thing. Uh, the hills are alive with the sound of music it's that picture from that movie so you know what ron having some fun obviously at, utah, at byu fans expense being a utah fan i understand that brandon or brandon robbins excuse me it's sir b rob defensive scheme needs to change i agree Too many six-man boxes and BYU believing we can slow down this rushing attack. Well, you just had uh, essentially what usually happens when you face off against a good academy team. Speaking of the Air Force, Academy, Navy, or Army, they're the teams that run for 300 yards routinely. Baylor just ran all over your rear ends for 300 yards. Embarrassing. They need to figure something out. There's no doubt about that. Howard M. Headley at H.M. Headley. A D-line away from a good team. Big 12 recruiting should help. It's actually impressive how close BYU is to competing in a P5. All right. I think that's a well-reasoned take. The glaring issue was in the trenches on both sides of the ball for BYU today. There is no doubt about that. I think that is where you kind of chalk up this game was lost is BYU's inability to control the game on either offensive or defensive line. They really did get beat up. Brian, your class a good friend. It needed a bye week after the Utah State game. BYU is beat up and doesn't have the depth to keep up. Their depth is absolutely getting torched right now. And the hope is that BYU, yeah, as they move into a Power 5 conference in the Big 12, it can hopefully help with their recruiting where they can add more bodies who are more talented bodies. BYU has guys who are walk-ons to this program from the 2A and 3A level to BYU right now who are currently rotating and in the heavy rotation along the defensive front. I'm not trying to say that's the excuse but it's also not helping BYU's cause. They need more raw talent, especially along the defensive front. You can't have walk ons being part of your rotation if you want to compete at the highest level of this sport. I don't mean to be rude to those young men. I'm not going to name them by name. But there needs to be a bigger emphasis on getting pure raw. Unadulterated talent along both the offense. Well, not the offense is actually has some talent. I think the offensive line just had a bad game. Uh, 2 your regular starters were out. Okay, uh, let me let me step away from that. The defensive line, the talent. Uh, <laughs> There are guys that are, are trying their absolute best, but there is God-given talent that some guys are born with that BYU needs to find, and if at all, caught, if at all possible, get them to Provo. Let me just say that. All right, next thing, Stephen Coons. It's Stephen Coons underscore ads. Offense looks impressive for the most part. Defense needs a ton of work. In this game, I would agree. BYU's offense put up 409 total yards. That's enough yardage. 24 points. If you go by the Bronco Mendenhall School of Coaching, 24 points was the target. You wanted to keep your opponent under 24 points, and he believed his team scored over 24 points. They were going to win more often than they lost. Well, they got to that threshold, so... I think there's a take there. Jonathan Floyd, J. Floyd 314, they were more athletic than us. Speaking of Baylor being more athletic than BYU, yes, but also more disciplined, and that hurts. True, Baylor had zero penalties, folks. BYU was playing their first road game, first true road game outside of the state of Utah, and there were some glaring issues there. I, I, I would agree with that take. Their offensive line killed BYU's today, and we missed a truckload of tackles. I have no problem with a team that plays its heart out and gets beat, but sloppiness is unacceptable. Jonathan, I, I actually think that's a pretty well-reasoned take there. I, I think that the sloppiness was there, but also at the same time, Baylor, just a better team today. No doubt about that. Tyson Davis, a little Davis. Well, now we know what a New Year's Six Bowl is off the table. I think we can look at the season in a whole, and I think it's a success. Pac-12 South Champs and the Beehive Boot is back in Provo. I'm happy with how the season went. Okay, Tyson. Well, you still got five games to go. You know this, right? I'm just saying, five games in a bowl game because... I truly believe BYU is going to beat Idaho State and get to six wins. I'm just saying, we still have a half a season to go, but if you're happy with the season, I'm happy for you. Jimmy White at uh, ant 86 Boy, BYU's D is a defensive liability. Truly awful. However, BYU is still a G5 school with G5 money and G5 recruits, and I'm proud of them for hanging in there with an outstanding Baylor team. BYU is good right now, but think how phenomenal they're going to be after five years in the Big 12. And he has the stars in their eyes emoji and the Shaka Koohan. Hmm. Well, Jimmy, may check back in with you. Uh, Was so five years into the Big Twelve, so we're looking seven years out at that point. We'll check in with you at the end of the decade, and we'll 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 see where BYU's at. I think that's actually an interesting thing to kind of look at. Dave Wilson, a Tenacious D, sixteen twenty, did not think the D line would be such a total liability in year five under Kalani. Yet another team succeeds in playing keep away, but this time they run right over the top of us and we're helpless to stop. I I got nothing for you, Dave. I this rush defense in this game in particular atrocious. They need to just toss up that game plan and toss it straight in the trash bin. It should never be go back to that because it was absolutely horrendous. It just, it, yeah, there's no defending it. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that, well, they tried to, no, no. There, there's no excuse. Uh, Carter Anderson, a couple more questions here before we take another timeout. Carter Anderson is CJ Andy 33. Number one, Puka Nakua is simply incredible. It was fun to see him pull down so many deep balls and just tear apart that secondary. And then, number two, Grimes is a huge asset. He'll get head coach offers very soon. Grimey came to byu speaking of jeff grimes who is now the offensive coordinator at baylor he came to byu to take the shot to be an offensive coordinator he wanted to climb the ladder he did not want to be a career offensive line coach sure Grimey could have made an absolute killing as an offensive line coach for the rest of his coaching career in the sec made four five six hundred thousand dollars a year and lived a pretty dang good life he wants to be a head coach and at the at the trajectory he's on right now, yes, I agree with you, Carter. He is going to get those offers before long. I completely agree with you on that. All right, BYU Hawk at Iowa is heaven. He's got a Si Hawk logo, but apparently he's a BYU fan in addition to that. Defense was exposed and was on the same issues we've seen all year that seemed to be brushed away. Got to try and fi- find a fix to that rush D. Well, my suggestion is at least try seven or eight men in the box. That's my first thing. And i got to go back and watch the game. Let me be clear about this. I'll be looking very closely to see how many guys were in the box for BYU the majority of the game. But my initial takeaway is there was very much a case where BYU thought they could stop the run with just six guys in that box. And very clearly, they could not. All right, last thought for here for a moment. Jordan Burr at touchdown BYU. Passing game was dominant. BYU passed for 342 yards. They passed the ball well. Rushing is really struggling on both sides of the ball. I think that. Jordan, you summed up that game. I I would take... I agree with you. They could not run the ball. They couldn't stop the run, but they passed the ball well. Yeah, that's not a bad takeaway for BYU. So, more of your takeaways as you round out this postcast edition here momentarily. First, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. Now, I know that we're really down on BYU right now, but one thing you guys can do to support the Cougars is to buy Built Bars. Built Bar has a name, image, and likeness agreement with all BYU football players to give them money in exchange for working with them as marketing partners, and I this is a really, really cool gesture from the guys over at Built. Nick Greer, the CEO of the Built brand of companies, doing great things to help BYU football players out. The best part about Built Bars is you will not be dissatisfied with them because I truly believe they are the best tasting protein bars in the world. Any of you who have listened to this podcast have heard me gush about these protein bars. They are phenomenal. I can't get enough of them. You're decision will have to be which flavor do you guys want to give a shot my all-time favorite is cherry barcia but ones like the cookie dough chunk i'm also a big fan of peanut butter brownie Raspberry's pretty dang good and if you can get your hands on it get the banana uh banana not the banana what am i trying to say the uh, banana shortbread man what am i trying to say it's late i apologize but it's the um banana bread duh don't overthink the 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 read here jake banana bread very, very good. The best part about it is you can go to built.com right now and place your order. While you're there, please use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. And do it, folks. Enjoy the best tasting protein bars and do it to support BYU football players. Promo code LOCKED15 at Bilt.com and take advantage of it now. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Bilt.com. Support BYU football by supporting Built Bar. All right, let's get to the rest of these comments, and uh, my phone, like, where my with where my Twitter app on both my computer and my phone, I swear I had more responses than I'm showing, so if I Don't get to your response on this postcast edition. Just understand that technology is both a blessing and a curse at times. We're going to get through as many of these as we possibly can. I'm going to read all of them if I can get through them all. All right, starting off, Landon Sorensen, a longtime listener and weighs in all the time at Shell5792. Puka was great, but Baylor beat the crap out of BYU, dominated along the line. Agreed. Chris Murphy at C. Murphy Pro. Trench play was ugly. Hall was good. Puka was great. This team needs a bye week, but not until November. Yes, BYU is going to. to play 10 straight weeks, folks, without a week off. If you look back on this, BYU very much could have used it in the middle of this run, especially after a game like this, but no rest for the weary if you're the Cougars. McKay Allen and McKay underscore Allen. Baylor was simply the better team, especially the line of scrimmage on both sides. Unfortunately, BYU had too many struggles after a big play. Whether it was a sack, fumble, a foot out of bounds, missed field goal, etc. BYU just couldn't capitalize after moving the ball downfield. Yeah, good point, McKay. They did put up 400 yards of offense to just 24 points. One thing that's absolutely glaring, and I'm going to have to dig into this more, and we'll talk about it next week on the podcast at some point, is the fact that BYU, they're at a snap disparity in terms of they're not getting as many offensive possessions and snaps as opposing teams are. Teams are taking advantage of it, and it's very, very clear against Baylor. I think uh, Baylor, 47 rushes, wasn't that as many plays as BYU had on offense, it felt like. So I'm just... That's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I'll dig into more of that and explain more on a future episode of the podcast. Just not enough time here. Moving along, Brandon Borgé. I, I think it's Bourget. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm disappointed that BYU wasn't able to capitalize on their superstar wide receivers better. Well, yeah, that's, uh, there's something to be said about that. I agree. Daryl Lawson, at the Daryl Lawson, never play football in navy blue again. I'm Team Royal. I'll be very clear about that. Team Royal is the color that I would prefer BYU wears all the time. But it appears that Navy is always going to be part of this ever since they made that shift back in the late 1990s. I'm just saying. Our good friend Big Uncle Pooh. it sucks to lose, but by the, by, the by the time your podcast is up, I'll be in the Caribbean, so I am happy. Who you win. I'm happy for you. Safe travels, my friend, and hope you enjoy the time down there in that crystal blue water. Jake Summers at Summers underscore 1280. My thoughts. Oof. He says, oof is synonymous with ow, ouch, or terms such as that burns or really? For example, oof, that hurt. I like that, Jake. Nice analogy. I like that. Appreciate you weighing in, Matt K at Matt K ninety seven. Defense has a lot of work to do. Completely agree. They got to find some answers. There's no doubt about that. Zach Edward at Zedwa five through seven weeks of the season should be considered success, even with the recent losses. BYU is five and two. Let's keep that in perspective, folks. Two losses obviously take a lot of the. Shine away from that five and zero start, but BYU still has won five games and they've beaten three power five, uh, three Pac twelve teams in that run. And they Can't take that away from them. That is absolutely the truth. Nash Johnson at Nash DPT twelve. I think Baylor was their toughest opponent likely for the rest of the year. I would agree with you, Nash. I also worry that these are the last two losses that have exposed some of the weaknesses. that future opponents will try to take advantage. I hope BYU shores up those weaknesses or we're going to see more losses. No doubt about it. I know that the reputation of both Washington State as well as Virginia this season has been to pass the ball. But if I'm those coaching staffs, I look at it and say, guys... We're going to run the ball. We're going to run it a lot. We're going to run it often against BYU. And if they can find a way to stop it, sure, we'll adjust at that point. But until then, we're going to do that. I would completely do it. I'd, I'd come in and tell BYU, until you can force us to throw the ball, we're going to keep running it. Clint Peterson at Knight 33 good friend. He sent in a gif that says, Swiss forking cheese. Talking about BYU's defense. They did struggle. There's no doubt about that, Clint, and it was Swiss cheese at times. Alright, Corey, at true underscore blue BYU. Our D-line needs to learn to gain leverage. We got pushed because we stood up a lot. Miss tackles will allow other teams to score over and over. We need more schemes on a blitz rather than just run in there, and the defensive end on pass rushes need to attack the edges and not the middle. I actually thought that Tyler Batty, this is just my thing, Corey, I thought Tyler Batty on the defensive end side of things for BYU was very good. He actually forced Baylor to double team him. The issue was, when he was double teamed, they should have given advantages to other guys along that defensive line, and they never really took advantage. So, your your point is well taken. Go Cougs at Cougar Wire. D-line is missing key players, and the depth is... is is there. Oh, that depth is not there, excuse me. O-line is missing guys, and the depth isn't there as well. We have two banged up quarterbacks. That about sums it up. Well, uh, the defensive line, so far as I know, the only guy that's out is Lorenzo Falatea. Is he going to make all the difference? I have my doubts. Offensive line-wise, yeah, they had two freshmen starting on the right side of BYU's offensive line. And that strip sack that Jaron Hall gave up, I thought it was uh, – I went back and watched I originally thought it was Campbell Barrington who gave up the guy. Like it was Essentially, it was his missed assignment that gave up the sack. It actually was Connor Pay. Uh, funny enough, I'll have to confirm that I'll go back and watch it again, but I'm pretty sure Connor pay was the one who gave that up and tough to watch. All right. Carson and C E A A R S S O N Carson. Uh, you, you, your thing makes me laugh every time to try and it's just Carson spelled a different way. It says, came here to say the same thing as your response to your class as uh, his comment about BYU needing a bye week He says the USF was a real Pyrrhic victory. Too many injuries. Yeah, BYU is beat up. There's absolutely no doubt. So we'll see how that shakes out uh, for BYU because their depth is absolutely getting exposed right now. At Crowbury, at Crowbury says, lack of depth is exposed in these last couple of games, but some of that is still a young team learning on the job and very hopeful for the future. Okay, I like that take. Uh, To be clear, BYU only has three guys on this 123-man roster right now, folks. They're actually listed as seniors. Yes, only three that will have their eligibility expire. There will be guys who are quote-unquote COVID juniors who would technically be a senior this year who will move on after this season. But the simple fact of the matter is 120 members of BYU's team on paper could return next season. Will all of them do that? No. That won't happen, but... In theory, it could. JT Lamero, JT underscore Lamoureux, says it comes down to offensive line and defensive line play. Inexperience of the offensive line was really exposed in this game. 303 rushing yards as compared to 11 rush yards. Minus Hall's TV is the major difference. I would agree. Defensive Defense needs to secure tackles. Jaron is my QB1. Puka is a weapon, still a lot to be positive about if you're BYU. Okay, JT, I get that. And Jaron Hall, by the way, he is very much my guy. He's QB1. I know that Baylor Romney thrilled folks when he was in there against Utah State and also against, was it, it was USF, right? No, nope. I'm getting these games running together. Regardless, he thrilled folks. He looked good. But Jaron Hall's athleticism as he displayed on that 56-yard touchdown run, weapon the BYU needs on the field there's no doubt about that all right a few more comments here before we wrap things up actually maybe more than a few left but Algier for Heisman at BYU 1984 fan Baylor's offensive line is much better than BYU's defensive line agreed Jim Kephart at Lungmaster master 50 lung underscore master 59 it appears you're running low on healthy players on defense yes BYU is beat up they are down guys I don't know that there's a, there's a quick answer to that. Uh, maybe the scheme needs to be adjusted. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> this defensive performance today, it just it was abysmal. There's no doubt about that. Jacob Osler, Jacob Osler four. Awful run defense and big mistakes on key offensive downs, sacks, fumbles were the story of this game. Part of this can be attributed to a gap in player athleticism. I would agree. There, there's a part that can be chalked up to that. I would agree. Also, uh, Texas Colonel, uh, actually, it was cool. Uh, by the way, Texas Colonel, props to you for getting on Sikkim 365 radio. Uh, the guys over there at Sikkim 365 do a great job. David Smoke and the crew, their money. Uh, Texas Colonel was on that show. It was good to hear his voice. I actually heard that interview. Uh, Texas Colonel says, we need better play on both sides of the line of scrimmage. You expo- you, you, you said something about today's game, by the way, folks? It, the people aren't wrong, though. All right, professional players. Uh, professional sports political since 1884 at j sure 1419 i like that name says the defense is exposed and broken okay well adding more fuel to the fire jonathan hokinson uh jonathan hoke somebody someone a coach or a player needs to inject some energy into the team on both sides of the ball energy has been down the past two weeks Okay, I, I think that I saw Spencer Linton tweet out that Samson Akua was doing his best to pump up the guys on the sideline. I, I do agree. There has been a lack of a little bit of energy. I'm just not sure who the quote unquote vocal leader is of this team. Does that make sense, folks? I just don't know that there's a guy who's going to get in somebody's face and just start chewing them out. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just have not seen that this year. And obviously, I'm not on the sideline the entire game, but. Very much something that needs to keep an eye out for it. A dear friend of mine who we serve missions together, uh, Trevor at L Dragon 3, says your guys go seven on seven, speaking of BYU, with almost any team in the country, but the line talent is not there. They were able to overcome it against Utah, but it's going to continue to be an issue against high quality opponents. I think you're right, Trevor. There's no doubt about that. Michael Smith, Mike goes, Mike's go why? Always with the sloppiness and lack of discipline, I fear that is Kalani Satake's legacy. Okay, Michael, I think you're taking a little bit of a cheap shot at Coach Satake. I don't agree with that take at all. Let me be frank. Uh, it's not always been sloppy. They won five straight games, beat three Pac-12 teams in three consecutive weeks. That was sloppy? I disagree with that. On to the next one. Russell Nebucher. Carolina raised. Our D-line is in desperate need of a couple playmakers and more physicality. I agree. They do need to continue to upgrade the defensive line. Is there a ready-made fix in the pipeline recruiting-wise? I don't know that. But I don't necessarily count on recruiting always being uh, an exact science. There may be a guy that BYU recruits who may be a walk-on, maybe a two-star athlete who shows up and becomes the next Kairos Tonga. I can't. Begin to guess on that. But at the same time, star ratings, that type of stuff, it does matter. And BYU does need to target more talent than bringing in walk-ons from lower-level high schools in the state of Utah who are country strong. Let's be clear about that and have proven at times they can be effective players. But you can't just tell me that that's going to be the answer that's going to make the difference for you guys against true Power 5 competition. That's just not going to work when you move into the Big 12 here. Aaron Hill at Aaron Hill 6969. P5 teams for the most part have depth. BYU BYU doesn't. That's why BYU fades in October and November. Well, right now we're seeing BYU fade a little bit. I would agree with you. That's actually a, a take that I can get with on this. Tyler Bergner at GTB underscore dad 0719 says BYU was outmatched in the trenches. Part of it was starting two freshmen on the right side of the offensive line. Agreed. But it's something that needs to improve before the enter the Big 12 in 2023. I love the fight from the team, though. They will be back only up from here. Hashtag go Cougs. Okay. One thing on that, Tyler. is is that the talent along BYU's offensive and defensive lines in 2020 was very, very good. Four linemen got opportunities along that offensive line in the pro ranks after last year. All three of the main defensive linemen that BYU played with last year got professional looks as well. You don't graduate that much talent and have some regression to the mean. BYU has some talent, I think, in the pipeline that's young on both sides of the ball, but it's young. Youth and inexperience are what you need to avoid. You need to get old and stay old. We hear that all the time from coaches about recruiting. It's tougher to do than you might think. Nick Chadwick says, not surprised by the score. It is, Is it we don't have the personnel, coaching, or effort to stop the run? What can be done to stop teams from running the ball down our throats for the rest of the year, or are we lucky that our remaining opponents aren't as good in the run game? Might be a little bit of both, Nick. I, I think there needs to be some wholesale sk- scheme changes on how BYU is defending the run. I like Chaz Ayu as a football player. I really do. But expecting him to be Keenan Peely, that's just, that just ain't it. It's not it. Let somebody like, I don't know, uh, Josh Wilson. Let Jackson Kafusi, I don't know, give an actual guy who's a linebacker who's a little bit bigger, maybe not as fast as a guy like Chaz Ayu, but is more of a guy who's going to come up and thump a guy in the run game, give them a shot. That's just my suggestion. need to change some things. You got to try something new. There's no doubt about that. All right, last two comments before we go here. Let's go to Mateo36BYU. Defense is the problem from what I see. Not sure why they can't get off the field, but coaches don't seem to have an answer for it, and this has been going on for weeks now. I think that's actually a good point. BYU has not found the cure for what ails them on defense, and in particular, you're right, getting off the field. It has been a, a glaring disparity. I think I saw somebody uh, mention to me that Greg Bell's, and I, I mentioned I'm going to talk about more about this in terms of the overall play disparity that BYU has faced. I think it's like something like 70 more plays have been run by BYU's uh, opponents than the Cougars have on offense. That's an entire game's worth of play. Plays run against BYU that can't continue. That is completely unsustainable if you're BYU, and it's unsustainable for BYU's defense to hold up under those conditions. So they've got to get off the field. I don't know what the answer is going to be, uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, Mateo. There's no doubt about that. And then final comment here from Bill. That hurt, Jake. That really hurt. Hopefully BYU can get off the deck and prove us right next week in Washington State. Amen, Bill. Amen. And that's going to do it for this edition, this postcast edition of Locked On Cougars. And wow, did we go over time. Usually try to keep these two around 30 minutes, but you guys responded in force with your comments. I hopefully got all of them in. If I did not, once again, I, I apologize. But thank you, thank you, thank you for your guys' support of the podcast. It truly makes my day that no matter what, you guys like the podcast, you like the product, you like what we're doing here. And thank you for your support. We'll have more for you guys throughout the week. I'm going to rewatch this game. I'll have my film breakdown for you guys Sunday at some point. Obviously, we'll sit down and record that and release it immediately. We count that as our quote-unquote Monday edition of the podcast. Monday, we record a podcast normally in the afternoon, recapping what we learned from BYU football media availability, Kalani Sitake's comments in his weekly press conference. We'll have that for you guys at some point on Monday as well. So stay tuned throughout the week. We'll get you ready for the Cougs versus the Cougs up on the Paloo looking forward to that one and as Bill said we're hoping to see BYU get off the deck and prove us right or prove, excuse me, prove us wrong prove us right up there in uh up there in Pullman against the Washington State Cougars. So thank you once again for your support of the podcast. Please follow it on social media, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at Cougars. Also make sure to follow me at Jacob C. Hatch and as always you can weigh in with your thoughts via email LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Love hearing from you guys and one note by the way on this this is coming out to you guys late on a Saturday night it was my daughter's birthday party today so I had to spend some time with her. Her birthday was earlier in the week. She's five years old and she loves what daddy does she actually mentioned uh when i got home from doing my radio responsibilities around this byu game just pardon me for a moment here I actually got home and we were just kind of sitting around i was chatting and talking with my wife and talking with my kids and my daughter's exact words as she uh went to go grab something was dad i'm going to podcast so maybe it's a family legacy now maybe the hatch family legacy is going to be podcasting going forward it just kind of made me chuckle that her first thought was i'm going to go podcast dad and I have to say, I was a little proud of my daughter. There's no doubt about that. All right, so there you go. Just kind of a fun anecdote about tonight after the game. But nonetheless, tough loss for BYU, but thank you for your guys' support. Hope you all have a great day whenever you hear this, getting this posted late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. I don't even know what time it is right now as I'm finishing up recording. But nonetheless, hope you all are doing great. This has been Postcast as BYU falls in Waco 38-24 to the Baylor Bears. Until next time, have a good one.